Welcome to Probably Science. I am Matt Kirshen. Sat right next to me is my co-host Andy Wood. This is me. And sat opposite me is our occasional co-host and Andy's roommate Jesse Case. I don't know. Uh, hi guys. Hi <laughs> guys. Being introduced that way. I just keep having like uh, the weirdest. It, I, I had an experience the other night where uh, you know sometimes like when you do stand up they'll make up your credits because right. they don't they don't care they'll just bring you up you know and the guy made up like shittier credits <laughs> than I have. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like one of those things. Like, come on, we Andy's roommate and the occasional co-host. Just like, say, this very guy, funny and accomplished comedian. <laughs> no, it's just uh, funny. The other, yeah. it just reminded me of that. The guy's like, this well, guy, he hosts at the Ice House all the time. Get him up here. <laughs> I'm just like, ah, fuck my life. This guy hosts when they let him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who's that voice? Who that's just a, said that? That's the voice of this week's guest, Roy Scoville. Hello. This is the first. Thanks time for having it, me. It's been too long. It's been you too long. You, it's on you. You should have been on before. I've been gone a lot. Um, you've been very polite and have invited me. It's just never worked out till now. I really should do a screen grab of our text interactions about trying to get you on the show because <laughs> I can see like week by week that I send you almost the exact same message. Yeah. And then, oh, I would love it if my replies were just no. I'm not even like <laughs> no. even polite about it or even I don't even give a reason as to why. <laughs> yeah. I'm hosting at the Ice House. <laughs> Damn it. Well, uh, Rory, um, I should point out, like, sometimes even, like, features at the Ice House. Sometimes. And what? this guy's here featuring when we let him. Give it up. <laughs> yeah. This guy signed his name in the earliest. Give it up for those are the credits. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. So, Rory, you are, uh, it's fair to say you are blowing up these days. Maybe you're not allowed to say that about yourself, but we can say that about we you. We can say it about you. You're a humble guy. Things are happening for Rory's you. Rory's blowing up. I'll say it. Up. Things feel good. They feel good. It's, a good got, it's been a good year and a half. Can you? Ta- do you feel like you jinx the upcoming show to talk about it? Or, I mean, it's it's going into production. It's happening. It's happening. It's yeah. happening, yeah. No, I don't think it'll jinx it. I feel good about it. You are you are a, uh, a lead? You are a recording uh, No, I'm not. The, there's two leads, and then uh, John C. McGinley uh, is on the show as well. So he's, he's the, the biggest name. And then Seaman's the actual, a weird middle name. C? Yeah, I don't know what it stands for, actually. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> it's just C. No, His you parents said, were you that said, lazy. <laughs> Nah, never mind. John C. McGinley. I, I, I heard what you were going okay. for with that. You heard what I was going for. Uh, what? But this is you said like John Seaman Ginley. Yeah. Oh. And I, I was like, Seaman's a weird middle name. Oh. I thought his name was like John Seaman Ginley. <laughs> John Seaman Ginley. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. He's probably the name on the show, and then there's like two leads. So. And this show is called Ground Floor. Ground Floor. And it can be seen on TBS in TBS. November, I think. Nice. From what I understand, I very funny. Uh, TBS, it has to be. It has to be very funny. Those are the rules. <laughs> right, yeah. I also saw you recently on the Grawlix pilot on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. which is still in limbo. No one knows what's going to happen It was to very, it, very so. funny. I hope it goes ahead. Thanks. Yeah, is those it, guys are awesome. They, they're the Nick's Brothers limbo? and the Grawlix guys. What? Is it still in limbo? Because uh, I know there was news yesterday. I know, like, they picked maybe up... was. I know they, some have been picked they up. They picked up officially some of the Amazon pilots, and they. but my understanding is they're yet to give them a no. They have oh, okay. given. Uh, they okay. have given some no's, okay. not to, but not to the Grawlix guys, which is what. Well, yeah, you guys deserve a big yes. So is what I'd say weird. I, I felt that way too. Based and a lot on of our comedian friends popped up in it, as well as the Grawlix guys, who are Denver group, very funny people. Yeah. Uh, Nikki Glazer was knocking around on the show. She yeah, was very, not very Kyle. Funny on it. Uh, Kyle Kinane. Kinane was knocking around. Yep. 
And for listeners yeah. that don't know what we're talking about, this was a uh, program that Amazon had where they had an open call for su- for script submissions. Correct. Yeah. So all eight of these were from that. Or yes, and uh, they were all given money to like shoot the pilot, and I then and like, I think it was like based on feedback and votes. Then they would pick up like two or three of and them. And the Grawlix guys did, I thought, one of the funniest shows, but they're also definitely one of the smallest names. For what was meant to be an open casting call, where like anyone could submit, the ones they picked up were like. Right, there's like J.J. Abrams pilots. Yeah, like, one was produced yeah. by The Onion. Uh, one of them um, yeah. was written by the guy, Gary Trudeau, who does Doonesbury and stars John Goodman. Yeah, John Goodman's yeah. in one. <laughs> so like, these, these just trying to give these upstarts a, like, yeah. a little... A yeah, little I reckon yeah. they probably... It's you know. kind of uh, strange to me if it doesn't go just because uh, it then does go against what Amazon had said to the public, saying, yeah. well, based on what you like is what you'll get. It's like, well, now that we know that's not true, yeah. um, I guess we need to spread the word to anyone who may... <laughs> Who may want to help you with online content. Next you're going to tell me the Electoral College is rigged. What is this? I don't... Um, but yeah, very funny show and I'm looking forward to this thing. And great stand-up. Very Thank fun. you. Yeah. You were one of my favorite stand-ups to, uh, to watch when I was in the Northwest. Um, we'd be on shows together. You're, not, you're from Virginia originally or North South Carolina? Carolina? South Carolina. Yep. Somewhere out east there. But then you were sort of... You kind of became part of the Seattle scene somewhat. Like you were out there a lot and friends. Yeah, with the- yeah I went and did the, the. I was in the competition in 2006, and I just ended up uh, hanging out with Scott and Andy and oh, a bunch okay. of other Seattle started. people, and then started meeting some of the Portland people, like yourself and, and Richard and, and Gabe and others, and and just kind of uh, found that the most road work was actually up in the Northwest for me. Like so I just runs? kept going back there. Not triple runs, but just some one-nighters. They weren't his, but like yeah. some one-nighters and then some of the clubs and then going up to Vancouver. I was able to go up there regularly. When did you move to L.A.? Uh, two and a half years ago. two thousand Thanksgiving 2010, I guess. That's pretty close yeah. to when I came down, yeah. And then I, I forgot about this. Like Seattle used to be so much better than Portland that I used to drive up with, with Gabe and Richard Bain and all those guys just to do five minutes at Laugh Hole, the weekly show that right. Scott Moran and, and those guys ran up there, which is crazy. Like, an unpaid five-minute spot, you'd drive like yeah. 350 miles. On Wednesday, yeah. Just yeah. on a Wednesday night. No, Laugh Hole used to be huge. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was huge. Yeah. They're like taking a break now, I guess. It's done? Or it's well, the last done. one is in two weeks That's or something. That's the thing that I don't... Like, I think I was so lucky starting comedy in the UK yeah. where... I would drive what I thought were ridiculous distances for no money. Mm-hmm. When, I, when you're first starting, you go anywhere where they'll give you stage time. And out of, when you get out of London, which is where I started, you get better stage time. Right. You know, I could, do, I could do eight, nine gigs a week in London, but they'd be to 20 people and you do most five minutes. But then if you drive to Manchester, you might be in front of 100 people and you get given 10 minutes. But right. that's a 200-mile drive. And I think that was a long process. You could drive yeah. that distance in America and not go past another town. Yeah, like you could still just, be in part of like LA, LA extended LA like sprawl. Yeah, you know, kind of drive. Yeah, it's like Irvine and back would be a hundred miles probably. Right? I don't know. Something I don't like, know my distance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's but, an yeah. awful feeling if you're doing like a long road run to not make it out of a state in one day's drive. Oh yeah, if because I've I've done that Montana, before. Like there, yeah. yeah, there are certain stretches you know if you're going across texas or something where say, it's like texas yeah you can't you can't make it out of texas in a day if you if you're like going you know east west not in the panhandle yeah right. from where i used to live back home if i drove for more than six hours in any direction i'd end up either in a different country or the sea yeah right like <laughs> they're the only options that's wow. so uh, maybe you could just go to the very tip of cornwall and it would still not hit six hours yeah. maybe that's so crazy to me because I also feel like uh, I was thinking about it like being on the road in the U.S. that 
there and I think Christian Finnegan has a joke uh, that kind of talks about this, but there isn't like there really isn't much difference in most places you go to. Like, you know, in L.A., you just have a lot of uh, I mean, there is a certain culture. Yeah. yeah. But any city you go to, it's you're going to you've got your exact same fast foods. You got your exact same restaurants. There's going to be a Best Buy. You've got your Walmart. There's so many places that you pull off on the side of the highway and you're like, God, this there's just one image for this entire country. And that's why when you find small towns that have character, you think you found something amazing when really that's what the whole country should be. Right, yeah. right. Well, I think, uh, yeah, we've lost a lot of regionality. I think it used to be a lot like that. Yeah. Like, I'm from Nashville, and Nashville used to be, like, Nashville. But Nashville still has it in terms of, like, the, it has an identity. The TV series? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Jesse grew up in the TV series I Nashville. I grew up in the TV series Nashville. I'm very young. He's very good friends with Connie Breton. Um... um but, like, Nashville has, like, such great character and, like, this culture that's there. And then as you start to leave Nashville, and you're like, oh, shit, we forgot to get gas before you left Nashville. Oh, let's pull off on the side of the highway. Oh, there's a Best Buy, and there's a Walmart, yeah, yeah. and there's an Applebee's, and here's this I think all the, the burbs are kind of the same all over the For country. sure, yeah. You know? The movie The Burbs? He also I, I also grew up in the movie. The he Burbs. went yeah. to college in the Burbs. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. Yeah, but then again, like I, I've been on trips with like my dad drove out west with me, and I moved to San Francisco like ten years ago, and um, he wanted to stop in the city, San Francisco, the, the movie San Francisco, <laughs> uh, and he wanted to stop the ride. All the <laughs> it was a hell of a ride, guys. The year was two thousand. The dot com boom was nearing its end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but he wanted to stop at all these places that weren't chains. Like, he made that the rule we had to eat at all places like that. Great rule. Why was there it, never a wrestler called Dot Com Boom? <laughs> or at least a move. Yeah. yeah, that should have been. Yeah. Yeah. Dot Com Boom. Get ready for your bubble to burst. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he would drive, we would drive out, and uh, you'd think that would be really charming. We'd meet all these great characters. Just a lot of sadness, though, when you get to, like, <laughs> when you drive five miles off the highway just to go to a diner and think, now we're going to get to see how they live. Like, yeah. oh, they live lives of even more misery than the people yeah. at Starbucks. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've seen this old couple who are maybe, like, farmers who have been married, like, 30 years longer than they should have been. Yeah. yeah and eating just... in silence. Just silence. Like, seeing so many people in, like, the plains of Nebraska eating with their well, significant the other and saying nothing yeah. for the whole well, meal. Well, the waitress is just looking at you going, hey, do you want to buy a non-brand burger you don't trust? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, I'd almost crave that. I'd almost rather have that. that. I'd rather have the sadness and the silence. Yeah. Hmm. I just always wonder about those kind of relationships. Like, maybe they're just so serene that they don't need to speak, or they're just seething just below the surface. They're telepathic. They're like, One of these days. Always assume they're telepathic. Oh, okay. And then you'll be like, what a great couple. Yeah. Not that they're waiting for They're the probably chatting it up. <laughs> <laughs> With a little twist of a fork, yeah. they can say so much. They probably can't stop talking. Yeah. By the way, for listeners who live in uh, God's heartland, I'm not knocking you. Uh, you're, you're all good people. I'm just saying some people are sad. And that happens everywhere. There's sad people. Well, and doesn't that happen to every couple, though? Just That's oh, you, I hope it doesn't. No, you get married for 50 years, you just sit there in silence and eat. Uh, I guess. But not yeah. in a bad way. It's not in a bad way. Right. I mean, my parents do that. Like, I'm not at home anymore. There's no there's no reason to have a conversation. I guess. Like, they, what if they when you're not there, there, they have the time of their lives? It's only when you're there, they're like, they never talk. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. They're, they're having a paintball fight right now. <laughs> yeah, right now it's like the great, it's always great. Like, like Shit, Jesse's the- coming back home this weekend. It's like you leave the house, shut the front door, and then just quickly go back to get something, and they find a party cat behind their back. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, there's already guests. It's already like it's filled. Like you're no. calling, cut to like a close shot of their phone, they click like, 
like reject phone call, pan out. She jumps out of an airplane with a parachute, <laughs> like, and just tosses the phone. Yeah. With within like a year of me moving out, they got a dog. Uh, they got a, a new dog, and my old bedroom is like the dog's room. And the dog's name is Jesse. No, <laughs> no, but like, like I when I go home, I can't sleep in my own bedroom because my mom's like, "Oh, that's that's Emmy's that's room. That's the dog's. That's the dog's room now. You're on the couch or yeah. the driveway, <laughs> or this, oh, this dog, basket. this dog mattress, yeah. Yeah, this, this dog mattress at the foot of you our bed. Yeah, you can sleep on the by, foot of our. By bed. the way, speaking of dogs, turn around and look at what our shithead dog Gus is doing. He's digging. You know, I was just talking about how our lawn is all dug up with our one of our two creepy other roommates that we've discussed in this podcast. Sure. Uh, Brendan. And I was like, yeah, it's too bad about uh, Gus digging up everything. He's like, oh, no, no, Gus doesn't dig. Gus doesn't dig. That was uh, that was Jesse's ex's dog. It must have been. I was like, um, I'm pretty sure. Yep. He's he's going at it right oh, now. Oh, no. Gus loves to dig. Yeah. Well, you see, you got to get that with your iPhone and just be like, well, here's the evidence. Yeah, so yeah. Here's, No, Gu- Gus Now we don't to have dig. to debate it. You can't blame everything on Georgia. Georgia did of landscaping. This was uh, Jesse's ex had a dog that was um, deaf and yeah, I guess just deaf. That's possibly, enough. possibly somewhat mentally challenged. Okay. Deaf, the one superpower of the dog, and not to not have that. I mean, wow. right? Yeah, yeah. The dog's whole thing is hearing, hearing and smell. I guess uh, smell. Yeah. I think smells their thing. Is it? I thought hearing. I know that smells are obviously very prevalent, but isn't hearing like a greater sense for them? I think Maybe. smell. I think their sense of smell is like. It's like 10 life. million times stronger. And then you're like, her dog also was born without a nose. Let's see if the hearing does work. <laughs> Gus, stop it. Gus. Nope, that's not his superpower. <laughs> Gus. Oh, now he's coming towards us. No, well, oh. Gus and Brendan are going deaf together. Oh, man. That's true. Sorry to derail it. I was just like, what a shithead. His dog does dig. That's uh... a lot of a lot of anger coming out of you today, Andy. A lot Is of there? anger. Anger at God's heartland. <laughs> anger at dogs. Just any anything God's salt dogs, the, yes. God's any dogs. in God's heartland, any salt of the earth. Andy's not. <laughs> I'm only mad at things that are anagrams for dog right now. So if, like, if there's a Agda, that's a thing. I hate. So Rory, that. You, you have a background with science? No. No. Nothing. I mean, outside of just <laughs> taking always, science. You guys want to do a science quiz? Yeah, I you will do a be. science quiz and do some stories. Ooh, yeah. Well, you know, we haven't done the science quiz in a while. I'll we? be so stupid. I just want to. No, we just do let's rapid bring, fire. There's no wrong. Let's bring answers. right. Yeah, the rapid fire questions. No right, no wrong answer. Yeah. Just yeah. rapid There's fire. There's really no quiz. right, no wrong. No. Right. No. Well, it's a science. Well, then quiz. I'll I'll pass this. It's a science quiz about you. It's not like an actual science quiz. I'm in. Personal personal preferences quiz. I love quiz. it. So, uh, favorite scientist. <laughs> uh, I don't know, <laughs> uh, Mr. Wizard. Well, least favorite scientist, um, Michelle Bachman. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> largest, <laughs> largest explosion you've ever been a part of, um, seen or caused or experienced. Oh man, these the are this, uh, you call this rapid fire? <laughs> I'm having to, like recall on things. There's no rapid fire. Um, I. Uh, I don't remember, but I do. I recently watched Carl Hess throw a lighter into a fire pit, and there was like a big kind of explosion. I was actually kind of like, he threw the lighter in, and I legitimately got nervous, and I was like, of course. are you sure this is safe? And he goes, yeah. He's like, it's, not, it's like it's only so much like lighter fluid. I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. And then it just like did this poof, but it was interesting enough to where I was like, I want to do this more. I want to throw lighters into fires. This, wow. This is making me think that Carl Hess is an actual pyromaniac because I saw him. I Dude, was camping same. in Joshua Tree with him two weeks ago and he was the guy who was obsessed with keeping the fire going. Oh, yeah. Way. he Yeah. yeah. And then we, he even created like this uh, cubicle shape with the with the logs. So Survivor as to make camp. His, 
to make a crucible inside and we definitely like over the word crucible got used about 10 times too many yeah that night. we filled our quota of saying crucible but it got the thing hot enough we put a wine bottle in it became molten it turned like red hot and yeah. sagging like he actually because usually it's it takes it takes some extreme heat so we, we made like a smelting thing in this campfire and we're throwing we put uh you made yourself a smelting crucible what happens crucible. to the glass it just it started to sag and then we put a stick in it to pull it out and it was still like this is the middle of the night it was still like illuminated it was bright red that's it was, crazy it was glowing Maybe yeah. he's just like he went little... to survivor camp as a kid oh really yeah so he like knows he so much to, like he could build a fire so quickly we were just camping, nice. and he like knew everything about everything. Canoeing, he was like, "Here's how you canoe. Here's how you do this." <laughs> you always stand up. You remain standing. I, got, I would times. like if there like if I could go to a survivor camp. I'm sure it's out there. I would go right now. I, I would want to know. Yeah. I want to know all those things because yeah. I don't know how to do anything. Me neither. And I feel like there are things we should know how to do. At I least feel starting like a important. fire, like, yeah. quickly and efficiently, which is not. It, it's not hard. No, I watched him do it. Yeah. I just nothing like like register. Yeah. There, there are a lot of ways in which, like, we're a lot dumber than the most ancient humans. Yeah, they could just own us if we, you know, if we had to, yeah. if we just had to survive in a desert. Well, we could shoot yeah, them. So realize, my iPhone's yeah. not working. Any- <laughs> right? Yeah, we could shoot them or toss them an iPhone, which would distract them for centuries, much like <laughs> us. <laughs> right? Right? Keep them from their appointed duties. Yeah. Uh, okay. Lose rapid jobs. fire. The coolest experiment you ever took part in. God, I hate this. I really thought I'd like it. <laughs> yeah, I'm also bad at like just stories in general. No, like just the podcast in general. I, I hate, hate, I hate these podcasts. I, hate <laughs> <laughs> I really thought I'd have fun today. Worst experience on a podcast you ever had <laughs> today. <laughs> um, did you ever have to do anything for a science fair, or uh, did you ever have to I had make to, a baking soda volcano? That's kind of the go-to answer. Yeah, we did do a baking soda baking volcano. Soda. We cut a frog open, like dissected okay. a frog, which I know is probably that's pretty been typical. a common answer. We've had a, quite yeah, a few yeah. dissections. Uh, that was kind of uh, cool. I didn't really know what I'd think about it because I'm not necessarily like, you know, you're in sixth grade and it's a bunch of like yeah. young boys who couldn't be more excited. And I was the guy who was like, I just this isn't right. <laughs> no, I was yeah. I was totally that guy. And they made me do it on a computer. They had like a computer program oh, yeah. for because. I, yeah, I was I was like uh, I was like, I'm not I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to cut a frog open. Yeah. Um, because I was that guy. I would love it if, like, the computer program had an interface where, like, just external to it, there is a frog. <laughs> or the computer that like, we like have to be cutting thumb. up a the frog. The computer's has, doing yeah. it. Well, yeah. no, it's a, it's a USB frog. <laughs> yeah. And you still right. have to cut it. Hal is just cutting open <laughs> frog. You're just talking to the computer. Yeah, yeah. Please, well, as please, long as I'm not doing please it. Please stop cutting open the frog. I'm sorry, Jesse. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot stop. It's your education. Did you have to take any science classes when you were at college, or did you... Yes, I think so. I don't really remember. You know what? I I, I, did, I think I'm losing my memory. It's okay. Long-term memory. You, like, I don't remember most anything. You and the guy from AEG Live, did you see the, uh, the, the transcript from the trial? No. He's being sued for negligent homicide for killing Michael Jackson, essentially, because he told Conrad Murray, he's like, hey... You know who you know who's buttering your bread, right? Like, hey, this, you can't you can't stop giving him the stuff because there's a tour we got to do, and it's sort of true. Like, there's an email transcript. And they're like, well, you said in this email to Conrad Murray, uh, just remember, MJ doesn't pay your salary. AEG does, 
And he's like, I don't recall that. This is like, this is like four years ago. This is not yes, that uh, long ago. Yeah, it's like it's pretty clear what you're saying there. You're saying keep giving him the drugs. Um, anyway, so you, I'm compar- what I'm comparing you to is he could maybe argue the opposite. He could maybe argue that uh, remember, Michael Jackson doesn't pay your salary. We do. So don't bow to his Dish. pressure to give you the drugs. Yeah. Keep him healthy. So don't kill him. Uh, that's an, yeah, he, that's what he should have done instead of just saying I don't recall. Anyhow, so um, no science. Last question of the quiz. Your favorite Australian animal? Uh, koala bear. Nice. Good answer. Good answer. So I almost said kangaroo, but koala bear is so much cuddlier, I assume. Yeah. Apparently quite vicious and quite vicious. That's why I said I assume because I was like, I feel like I've heard somewhere that they are really aggressive. Oh, they're brutal. <laughs> they're brutal. Yeah. Diseased. Yeah, Matt, I just saw you do a show which uh, listeners can watch on, on the YouTube uh, Comedy Week channel. You did the closing, you did set list. I did um, set list. Closing uh, night of live streaming, week. yeah. Such a great show. Part of YouTube's Comedy Week. Yeah, you've done it. So you're, I love oh, it. Oh, your, um, your episodes, while well, plugging stuff, your. Your episode of uh, the Nerdist channel version of it, filmed at Meltdown, has gone up on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, I saw, I saw that the other day. It's very funny. They put it up. I love that they... That, yeah. I did it again like a couple weeks later and just... That's what I love about that show. You can go out and there's sometimes you really hit a home run and you know you are. And in the moment you know you are and you're like, oh, I'm just on the right wavelength of no pressure, just having fun. And then other times you put so much pressure on yourself and you go out and you're yeah. like, God, yeah. nothing I is was, working. No ideas. The live streaming one, I was terrified. Like, I was just like... How did it go? Were you it went, It was it? nice. Everyone yeah. did well on that show in the end, but it was... Because I've, I've done it live many times, not, not filmed. And right, I right. did the filmed one for Meltdown. I did the film one for Sky Atlantic um, in the UK. And both of those times, you're like, well, it, there's pressure because there's cameras on you. And there's the same pressure there always is doing that show. But we're doing six or seven topics. And if one of them goes badly, it I can ask them not to broadcast it. Exactly. But yeah. this was like start to finish, uncut, going out live. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is there anything shit that you said or any, even just like a throwaway that you sort of instantly regret like I've said some stuff on stage before in the moment where I'm like ah, I wish that hadn't just come out of my mouth but, but it's at least also just only with these hundred people saw it yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't connect with that I don't understand that <laughs> I've never ever never experienced that I've never experienced I stand that. behind all statements <laughs> <laughs> hey man if you apologize get out of the game yeah. <laughs> you're not ready you're not ready dude <laughs> you're not ready for comedy man <laughs> No, but Matt, I thought your set was great, <laughs> and you. I love that you did get koala, something koala-related as a topic, and you did talk about the chlamydia thing, which yep. is a genuine fact. A lot of them, a most of- koalas have cl- chlamydia. It's a, oh, wow. It's an epidemic in the koala community. Yeah, they are. Or, or was it gonorrhea? No, it's no, chlamydia. Okay. I'm going to change to kangaroo then. <laughs> too, late, too late to go back. Um, so with that's that, a pouch I can get in. But do do go online and look at both that thing and also the individual episodes. That um, check out Rory's one. It's on the Nerdist YouTube channel. Just search for Setlist Comedy, uh, and there's very funny sets that have just come out by uh, T.J. Miller, Glenn Wool, former both former guests on the show. Um, I can't remember who else has been who they've just put out recently. Those aren't the present guests. The uh, Glenn and T.J. Oh, those are former guests. Former guests on this show. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Show. Those aren't the guests right now. That, who is that? No, it's that's Rory. 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 No, no, Rory's on now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm, uh, all it's right. tough. It's tough to keep track. Jesus, you guys. I hate this. <laughs> See? <laughs> right? It's not just me. This is awful, right? This is the worst podcast. We all agree, right? <laughs> guys, is there anything in the science? science yeah, world? I was going to say, last week we had our first two guests that were actual science. Well, not the first, but pretty much. It's usually comedians we have on. And we had um, we had uh, Crystal Dilworth and Alexandra Lockwood, who are both almost finished with their PhDs at Caltech. In- hey, they sounded hot. <laughs> someone did email him. Like, they- <laughs> someone just emailed a one-line email, no subject. They sounded hot. Were they hot? 
<laughs> was pictures, thinking. post pics, dude. <laughs> Bro, Come on. this is a science show, and yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. We talked about a number of things, including um, mosquitoes that uh, that have malaria, and the fact that they have a stronger lust for humans when they have malaria, which sort of helps. Yeah, this is something that the- was discovered recently, where um, one of the stories from last week, where mosquitoes that carry malaria somehow have a stronger sense of smell than mosquitoes that don't and are therefore more likely to bite humans and pass on the malaria disease. Wow. But then Crystal actually found an article this week that sort of relates to that about how mutant mosquitoes can lose their lust for the human scent. And uh, it's just uh, something that might come in handy for developing better insect repellents. I learned a lot about insect repellent. I didn't realize that we don't really understand why DEET works. Did you know that? Like, it's just something we've used forever, but like, people don't even get why it keeps insects away, why it keeps mosquitoes away. They think maybe it's just kind of like a sensory overload thing. Like it just is too many uh, smells or something going on, but it's not, they don't actually know that it is specifically targeting some, something in their brain. It's only um, proof in God I need, man. Yeah. Explain magnets. <laughs> Explain it. <laughs> Fucking how do they work? But um, mosquitoes have a specialized sensing system for detecting carbon dioxide and body heat, but body odor is the only of those features that distinguishes humans from other warm-blooded animals. Um, so like, and mosquitoes will go after all warm-blooded animals, but sure. they, they particularly like um, our body scent. But this team based out of, let's see, this was an article on uh, on Nature... It was uh, Leslie Vosshall, a neurobiologist at the Rockefeller University in New York, led this study. Um, they genetically engineered this certain species of mosquito to lack the gene Orco, which makes a protein that helps build the receptor molecules that sense many smells. And then a series of experiments showed that without the Orco protein, mosquitoes struggled to distinguish the smell of honey from that of glycerol, an odorless liquid of similar consistency, and humans from other animals. So if they can get rid of that, uh, it's sort of like a game show where the mosquitoes are released into a box and we ask them to choose door number one where there's a human arm or door number two where there's uh, some kind of guinea pig. Um, Or maybe it's a literal guinea pig, actually, in this case. So the mutant mosquitoes uh, that did pick up the scent of the human arm, however, didn't hesitate to approach it. So it's not like getting rid of this thing will stop them um, from biting people altogether, but it seems like in general it'll make humans sort of indistinguishable from other animals if they could find a way to block this this orco is that good do, do mosquitoes tend to pick out humans more than other animals they do that's they what do. they're saying yeah, yeah. they have, a, they have a, a lust for our scent now um I'd love to smell like another animal really <laughs> well Jesse Just so how do you <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's your secret, I never get buddy? bit man <laughs> Ever since I started smelling like a horse, <laughs> I've never once been. No, horse flies are a yeah. problem. Yeah, or, uh, yeah. I, yeah, I get tons of stings. I get, I get eat up, man. But no, nah, it's it's good, man. Horse flies. Remember how scared of? I'm still scared. Oh, of horse flies. Are the worst. Do those that, do those actually like? Is it a bite or a sting? That's what I don't know. It's a bite. Do they feed off of our blood, ah, or they just want to? God, it hurts. They do. Need, they they want our blood. But they're bear survive. trap mouths. They just God, bite you. It's awful. And they're scary looking. Yeah, they're huge. It's like a horror movie. We'd have these ones swarming around this lake we would go to in Michigan. And uh, if you're like on the raft and someone sees one on you, you don't even try to swat it. You just jump in the water screaming. Yeah. Like, you got one on you. What? Where? Get it off. <laughs> yeah. Someone pulls out a gun. <laughs> I got it. I don't know which one to shoot. <laughs> The Take smaller, my life! The smaller thing that's I can't deal with the pain. End me. <laughs> so we're probably going to find out, like, you know, 10 years from now that, like, they don't bite. 
They've never bitten anyone. (laughs) It's always just been the fear. It's always been fear based. Oh my god! Placebo, placebo villains, (laughs) right? (laughs) Or they have like some sort of nutrient in them that like makes you never get a disease and live forever. (laughs) Right? If you can only just get bit ten times, you'll live forever. Like I can't get through one. Ten times. So these, okay, so there's this orco. There's this orco thing that if you block, it makes it difficult for mosquitoes to tell you from other animals. And now, it, would you block that with some sort of spray, or would you have to just, like, is that... Well, that's, that would, would have, have to, to be breed those mosquitoes. That's the thing. And th- they're not suggesting that that's, that's the solution, um, but it, the knowledge of this might help in developing better insect repellents. And this isn't just for annoyance. This is to save lives from dengue fever and malaria and diseases sure. like that. Mm-hmm. So it's not just, mm-hmm. like, our convenient barbecuing... Um, but it would be nice for that also. Um, and sure. also, somewhere in the article, I can't find it now, they mentioned the possibility of uh, genetically altering mosquitoes to um, to give birth to sterile females. Because I guess only males, or maybe st- only female, o- only one of the genders bites you. Only females bite you. But I'm not sure how introducing something that could only suckers, man. give birth to to sterile females would actually mm. it's never going to outbreed the existing ones yeah Unless i out compete with them or something no i, I am no scientist this is true this is true i think we all know this but in my gut mm-hmm. i think genetically modifying mosquitoes is an awful idea really there's no good ending to that one of them is going to turn out giant at some point. Right, Remember right. Jurassic this, right. Park? This mm-hmm. is like, like we need to start with, that's why like, I was all about like trying to clone a lamb. and a, Something harmless. Like the worst that could happen. It's, it's a not giant, g- terrifying lamb. Yeah. Just giant lamb. So like too much meat and too much, you know. <laughs> well, like a giant cool. lamb is not a bad thing. <laughs> Plus they're, they're like one of the dumbest mammals. I mean, you could just take one of those down. A giant mosquito, that'll destroy Tokyo. A giant mosquito, I mean, that's a movie. A giant mosquito, wouldn't, not, not to be all practical, but it wouldn't be able to fly. Like The mechanics of its body would break down at a I certain scale. I would still be very intimidated by a giant mosquito that just sort of waddled Crawled. down. Yeah. Just walked down. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And just, the noise it makes. Ugh. ugh. Can't even imagine it that. It deafens you. As but it tries if to if take off. that size, it's just like an unpleasant growl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they're just kind of lazy. You're like, it's actually not that bad. It's kind of like a big dumb dog that just lives in the county. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and you can see it from great distances. Yeah. Like, oh, there oh, he is. That's, that's, it's not a concern for anyone. That's Skeeter over there, yeah. Because even the legs are so thin, even when it stands on your house, it doesn't crush it. They're still like lightweight. <laughs> Somebody can find a way to make a giant mosquito. Send us pictures. <laughs> send pics send pics pics that didn't happen um, so yeah so that's something that's happening with, with mosquitoes so th- right now thank you person who wrote in with that story no, it was um, Crystal Crystal, oh, was that our, Crystal? Our guest that tweeted oh, that well thank you even more Crystal that, uh, have we got any other comments been. and questions that came in if you do have any by bunch. the way listeners do send them in to probablyscience at gmail.com or tweet us at probablyscience we love corrections comments clarifications anytime we've made a mistake and we will you want to let us know please yeah, do that yeah. it happens a lot we've gotten a number of uh, probably the most emails from any topic ever from 3D printers that seems to have captured our, our people 3D printers are cool man yeah Rory do you know how 3D printers no. work they print objects in like print solid objects like three dimensional objects really by either yeah. doing layer upon layer of what they would be or having uh, two lasers intersect in some fluid and make a solid where they meet and there was yeah, another one make... that someone sent me a video of uh, the other a couple of days ago that sort of 
squirt some resin that can then stick to stick to objects like a nozzle that slowly comes out it almost looked like it almost looked like that sort of play-doh factory thing (laughs) except it's just something that solidifies into very intricate shapes yeah, they're pretty awesome, and they're becoming less expensive. There was a Kickstarter for, the, for this MIT group that was making an affordable 3D printer. Now somebody, they're making them with other 3D printers. Well, that's it's what somebody, mayhem. somebody wrote in uh, saying what he would do is go in with like 10 friends to buy one printer, use that printer to print out nine more printers. Yeah, that's like <laughs> wishes. Oh, that's a leprechaun loophole. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> smart. Very smart. Uh, someone else sent in an article about a 3D printer that was used to help save a dying baby. Um, uh, a six-week-old baby named Kaiba Gianfrido. Um, That's a good dying baby name. W- had stopped breathing, and his father was furiously pumping his chest, trying to get air into his son's lungs. Within 30 minutes, he was admitted to a local hospital. Doctors concluded he'd probably breathe food or liquid into his lungs and eventually released him. But then two days later, it happened again. Whoa. They had to do CPR on him every day. Uh, with hopes dimming that Kiba would survive, doctors tried the medical, medical equivalent of a Hail Mary pass, Using an experimental technique never before tried on a human, they created a splint made out of biological material that effectively carved a path through Kaiba's blocked airway. And the splint was created on a 3D printer. Oh, wow. I was yeah. thinking this was like in the heat of the moment. Like, the baby too. can't breathe. Some, Let's somewhat. quickly... I mean, yeah, they literally a threw a football at the baby. Oh, no, I, <laughs> they really Hail married it and just threw a football at the child and it created a... It cleared yeah. the blockage. Yeah. I thought that... I had to wait for, like, a passing NFL team to come through town. I thought that what happened what was... fortunate timing. <laughs> oh, my God. Their bus is right over there. I thought what quickly, happened was... get that the, baby to the other side of the field. <laughs> I thought the baby died. <laughs> they had to print a tiny helmet and off the they, printer real quick. <laughs> and they, they printed a replacement baby, and the dad just didn't notice. Oh. Yeah. I'm like, they saved the baby with that printer, you know? And they're like, totally. This yeah. was at University of Michigan Hospital, so they do have access to some of the, some of the best coaching staffs in the country. <laughs> and, uh, Wolverines. Wolverines is my hometown. So yeah, 3D printers are getting a lot of heat, getting a lot of Ann Arbor? buzz. Ann Arbor, Michigan, yeah. Yeah. There were a couple of comments born, on our Facebook um, page that I now can't access, apparently, through the Facebook app. So I can't remember who wrote in nice things about that, but a couple of people posted some things on there that were cool. And one person who says they about working in a lab, and I can't remember what it was now, but I made a mo- note to mention it on the show. Sorry. I am looking right now. Uh, perhaps it was... Um well, we had somebody write in, uh, we should have names associated with all these, but someone also wrote in with an article about the 3D printed gun, which made made waves a couple weeks ago because someone published plans. So you shoots waves. Print your own, it's weird. You could just print your own gun at home if you're a 3D printer, like a working gun. Um, I still don't really understand what we're talking about. We'll show you a printer. video later. All it's right. basically the coolest thing you've ever seen. Um, the, way, the way most of them work is it prints really thin layers and sort of automatically glues them on top of each other. So you is could, it absurd you could that all I'm picturing 3D. is origami? <laughs> it does origami. That's well, no, okay. Like if you wanted to make a 3D model of this, uh, this water this, bottle, this water yeah. bottle, it would print. You know, it would print like layers, like the bottom, right? And then it would print like ring-shaped layers on top, and then it would be hollow. Yeah, you know, and then eventually you would have the water bottle. That's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. But it works. It works. Um, Matt, I'm not seeing the post you were talking about, but um, thank you for writing in, everybody. Uh, Chaz is not mad about the uh, penis jokes. Thank you, Chaz, for not hating us. Chaz isn't mad. Chaz's not going to hurt us. Um, what else we got? What else do we have? We got a number of things. Um, Matt, what do you feel like talking about next? Well, let's let's open with this story. Um, I quite like this. This is uh, a new treatment for people suffering from schizophrenia. 
um, using avatar therapy, which is what they described it as. Um, this happened in London. Uh, results of a preliminary trial announced today at the Wellcome Trust uh, demonstrated how people with schizophrenia could overcome their auditory hallucinations by conversing with an avatar representation of the voices in their head. So what, what they did in this study, um, this is according to this article in The New Scientist, um, the people who ran the study took, took people who suffer from schizophrenia, which should remember is hearing voices, not split personality or bipolar or any other things that mm-hmm. commonly get dis- um, you should also keep in mind most of them are always down to take part in a study. Yeah. Like, I, like it is like one of probably like mental illness, it seems like it's probably one of the easiest things to research, like just to, to get the target. Except people tend to skip out of the study, which is what happened here. There was, there, the, the, after the study started, not everyone lasted the course. But what they did was they, the people, uh, the subjects of the trial, created on-screen avatars that best matched what they imagined the voice in their head looked like. Wow. So they, like when you pick your Wii character, right. you know, except rather than the one that looks like you, it's the one that looks like the person who's telling you that you're worthless and you shouldn't do things. Right. And they... Isn't that so crazy? It's... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't, isn't that, but that I mean, literally that so crazy? It's so bizarre that there's such a... Because it's like, what is that? Who is yeah, that? Yeah, so they, you know, <laughs> yeah. they, they sort of picked what was the best representation of the vo- of the voice that was making their life a misery. And, and every time it was just the scientists. <laughs> they just draw the scientist who's doing the study. There was a, they all just drew pictures of their dads. Yeah. And there was, um, <laughs> I did see once on one of those crime reconstruction things. I was watching it with my dad as a kid, and and the police officers there with a TV pre- with a TV presenter, and he's like, uh, "This is the guy we're looking for." And it was just a picture of the policeman. <laughs> like, it just looked exactly like him. <laughs> like, I just told, remember telling my dad, go, you see this as well, right? This is just... And like, oh my God, I think we're talking to the murderer right now. <laughs> like... He's this arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> the cockiest movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't uh, know exactly what he did, but we reckon he probably taunted his victims. Yeah. He might have... Um... Saying the following. <laughs> just... Without question, this is He might have drawn happened. a design like this in blood on his chest. Yeah. And um, every every time that one detective, they're like, God, he's the best. <laughs> he nails it every it's time. Like a sixth sense Way before the things. autopsy. Yeah. He knows so much before the autopsy. Before the murder, even. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. how he's getting promoted. <laughs> That's how you climb the ladder in the, the crime department. Did you ever see the SNL sketch? I hate to like quote someone else's copy on this, but it's a great one. When uh, the Unabomber was was in the news, <laughs> right. the, the sketch about the, the, the oh Norm Macdonald yeah, was the, the sketch artist because the Unabomber, the famous drawing of him, he's got a hoodie and sunglasses, so yeah. it shows the same sketch artist's other work, and it's always like it's always hats giant and Elton John sunglasses and a cowboy hat. He's like, eventually, he's like, you know. I'm not that good with hair and eyes. Those are kind of weak points for me. <laughs> this is a 10-gallon hat killer. Like, why do they call him that? Well, it's because of the sketch. He doesn't wear a hat. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm not good at not good at hair. That's great. Norm's the best. Um, Anyhow, so the schizophrenics drew their so, imagined voices. So what they did, um, uh, Julian Leff at, Un- at University College London, who led the trial, uh, said what they did was they... The counsellors... Um, the therapist spoke to the subjects through the avatar. So I don't know. They presumably had some computer software where the therapist is in a different room, and as they speak, the avatar's animated, and the the avatar that is their voice um, speaks to them. And how do they nail the voice? Yeah, I, that doesn't say. Um, 
But the voices are normally abusive in, in when people who suffer from schizophrenia, they're typically abusive, telling the person to harm themselves or others. Um, this It says, uh, Julian Left says, it's hard to imagine what it's like to hear a disembodied voice. People often say the helplessness is the worst thing. They can't control the voice and they feel dominated. By giving the voices a face, he's developed a technique that lets people with schizophrenia stand up for themselves. So each session, there's six sessions, they last about half an hour each. Um... Left sat in another room, played the th- role of both the therapist and the avatar. When he spoke as the avatar, software, here we go, altered his voice to sound like the one selected by the participants. They, okay. So they even chose a voice that was like the, vo- the voice they heard. And he'd begin by role-playing an abusive character similar to the ones that the participants say they hear and gradually change the avatar's response to be more supportive. And at the same time as the therapist, he encourages the, the subject to use to uh, be more forceful and stand up for themselves. So he st- so basically, he's playing these two roles simultaneously. So he becomes schizophrenic. Yeah. I was about to say. <laughs> Except it's not schizophrenic he becomes. He becomes split personality, yeah, right, which yeah, right. gets confused with schizophrenia. Uh, uh, right. There's no solution. It's too confusing. <laughs> right, yeah, right. right. So, so the therapist now is also committed. Yeah. <laughs> so the therapist is playing these dual roles. He's a double threat. It's quite an impressive piece of acting. And he is, he's being the, he's being the, the avatar that starts off sure. being abusive... Uh, and he's being the therapist, telling telling the subject, you can stand up to this voice. You don't have to let this voice control you. And gradually, the avatar, the voice, backs down and becomes more compliant. And it says, um, it, I this, like that. this wow. worked. So, like, apparently, this yeah, was successful. Well, it makes a lot of sense. Three people sense. stopped hearing the vo- their voice altogether, including one who'd lived with it for sixteen years. Wow, that's really impressive. That's impressive. Wow, I'd love. I'd love to think that the voice altering software they use is really low budget. So he's trying to convince everyone <laughs> their voice sounds like Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. they'd, be, they'd be like, "Well, no, actually, it's like a high pitched, like kind of Welsh woman." He'd be like, "Are you sure? Mm, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like Darth Vader. It sounds like Darth Vader to me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure it's not kind yeah. of a Darth Vadery? Or type? they don't even have the technology to." Do do altering it's just like this guy's background is improv and he just wants an excuse to pick out his like three favorite characters yeah he's sitting in one chair and he's like you know you don't have to listen to that voice you can really stand up to them and he's quickly like it's <laughs> <laughs> on a mustache right uh, subject is like i know what you're doing yeah Roy, that was a great podcast act out yeah as soon as i was in the middle of it, i was like well this is really for us i guess yeah. <laughs> like he keeps turning around, ruffling his hair, turning <laughs> <Yeah>. back. <laughs> Very little differences, like nothing. Yeah. He's just an he, 80s stand-up comic who can only do Nicholson. <laughs> yeah, he always does Nicholson. Yeah. He just You're talking the, to cover, me? Covers his forehead. <laughs> yeah, he's always he like, God, on the smile. The, here's Johnny. Here's you, what I think You know what's great? Is. I, I saw a comedian one time who, uh, like every comic, when they do the Nicholson, they always put their hand up to their forehead yeah, yeah, yeah. to make it look as if they have the huge receding hairline. Yeah. And I saw uh, in Seattle. I won't. I won't name their name, um, but some somewhat of a hacky comic doing doing a Nicholson, and the comic was, he was bald. Already yeah. He's already yeah. bald. And he still did the thing. Yeah, because he's that used to like how everyone does the Nicholson. Or he and he's also just been doing that Nicholson voice right. for so long. He had like a huge head of hair when he right. when he started yeah. it. He used to have like crazy yeah. beautiful flowing hair. He now can't even do it unless his hand is there. <laughs> he has to have it there. So it triggers the voice for him. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah the action known has fact to be. It's actually like the prefrontal <laughs> cortex is what controls the Nicholson, which yeah. is an innate part of everyone's brain. If you don't actually actively right. stimulate it. Yeah. Well, that's why in one flew over the cuckoo's nest after the lobotomy. He couldn't even act. Couldn't do the impression. He couldn't do his own Nicholson. He couldn't be himself. Yeah. 
have you seen the comic who I won't name but whose closer I don't know if he still does it but a few years ago it still was like what if the Wizard of Oz starred Christopher Lloyd Christopher Walken Robert De Niro Jack Nicholson just like and there's no I'm not even joking I want to see that <laughs> yeah I mean I do is I do this too. online did you just give that response because you're afraid that was too specific in me no, I, I literally have no idea who you're talking about but I want to see that oh, okay yeah. yeah it's kind of amazing um, done with no irony like, the, like is it song. good I mean, it's this, those are just like, those aren't even impressions anymore. Those are just like cultural. I mean, Christopher things. Lloyd, it's, you're basically doing Doc, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, you know, in, in, in my opine, um, a, a really good impression, the, the impressions that impress me most are of, of people that you don't, like everybody does like, uh, all right, everybody does Bob Dylan. Uh, every, everyone does people that are already so unique. Yeah. You know, but if you take someone like, how would you do an impression of just, I don't know. I get you're saying, yeah. Like some, someone, someone that you don't even consider it, like you don't even know how you would do an impression of them until someone does it. And you're like, oh, that, that is a very unique thing about them. Yeah, but if, if you definitely think like one person gets the impression first and then everyone else is doing the impression of the impression that people do. For Absolutely. Sure, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you have someone like Dylan or someone who has an affected, who's a public figure and is doing an affected voice as part of their persona... Like, doing an impression of that isn't even... Like, when I see comics do impressions of comics... It's weird. Like, doing an impression of Gilbert Gottfried or of, um, of like, Bobcat Goldthwait when he used to do that voice. Like sure. You're not yeah, impersonating Bobcat a person. Yeah, doesn't talk like that when he's not on stage. That's a character they right. created. You're just copying this character that they manufactured. You yeah. Know? It's not an impression. That's just ripping off their act, basically. It's, anyway. That's how I feel about it. Um, there, have you ever... I don't know if it's a thing in America, but in the UK, there are definitely... There's a few tribute acts to famous comedians, and that's the thing that exists. Like, there's Whoa. like, and that's all they do. There's a guy who does Billy Connolly, and you can hire him for your event or for your, <laughs> or for your your club or whatever. And wow. he'll go up and he's like, hey, I think he just calls himself the Big Yin or, or the Little Yin or something like that. And he's just sure. like, sure, he's, he's just Britain's an actor, premier really. Billy Connolly. He's not even an actor. Like, I don't think he does anything apart from. Uh, in the entertainment world, except he does this Billy Connolly impression. What if, what if and there's like, a few for like other? I think does he like, look like him too? Yeah, a bit. Yeah. yeah. And there's what like if that's how Billy Connolly has to work on new material? Like it yeah. is Billy Connolly. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'll do your party. Yeah. You know, tryouts, new stuff. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> we uh, did, we almost hired a uh, Zach Galifianakis impersonator for the party <laughs> we had a couple weeks ago. I was just trolling Craigslist to find like the cheapest entertainer just to have something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure it's just the guy with the beard. I'm sure it's just the guy who's. Well, that's what he said. Me. He said he's never done it before. He just goes, my, <laughs> no. He he said my friends tell me. He goes, my friends are always telling me I look like that guy from The Hangover. So I'm trying to get some cash for it if I could. That would have been your cool. next party. You should hire bucks. like five people who like are shitty lookalikes <laughs> and just have them and just when people are like, is that so and so or, or, or they're, you know they're they're clearly like. That, that guy looks like so and so. Like, yeah, I guess, I guess a lot of people here just look like other people. Like, you're not ever pointing out they're specifically hired to be lookalikes. Would have been you be- shelled out two hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> would have been even better to have actually yeah. gotten Zach to come to the party where his impersonator is also. Gonna oh be my god! Yeah, if if there's that possibility, yeah, that would yeah. be amazing. Well, that's what, yeah, that's what we 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 tried to line that up. Yeah, because like, for most of be- them that's unlikely. But for someone like Zach, who right. until recently was just a club comic and friends with a lot of the right, people who right. were there. It was actually it was, like, it was something we tried to make happen. Like Marsha is good friends with him, and, and she's, she's, I love yeah, it. Ask if he wants to come. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Didn't happen, but getting the lookalikes. Yeah, that's so great. Okay, next party we're, we're doing particularly it. like a 
bad lookalike. Yeah, so wasn't like, that someone like I don't know what the Galifianakis impression would be, but I think it's just like a beard and social awkwardness. <laughs> and he and tell them like you will not get paid unless you say that you are you know whoever like when they would ask you are Christopher Lloyd yeah. and that is your name. Isn't it that? Oh, where's the beer? There's that uh, <laughs> Charlie Chaplin story. <laughs> That's what it would be like, though. <laughs> There's that Charlie Chaplin story about uh, he entered a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest and came in like third. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You look it. nothing he like him. Yeah. I don't buy it. There's a few like that as well, I think. There's a there's There's been more than one case where a sound-alike or a lookalike. I think Elvis might have done one, too. Supposedly, he did his own. Maybe Hemingway did. Is that a thing? Maybe they didn't even have Hemingway once till he died. Or, right, that, like or that might be one of those yeah. apocryphal stories that just gets reattributed to different people. Yeah, every sure, time. sure. You know who could? Uh, you know who could win uh, a look-like contest with chimpanzee feet? Don't you? Hey, there oh, it is. Segue. But I know who can find it, win a look-like competition with a a good segue person. <laughs> One in 13 people could Matt, you're on top of it today. A, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> turns out that one in 13 people have bendy, chimp-like feet, is the headline on NewScientist.com. Bendy and chimp-like, I guess, being two, two actual science terms. terms you can one guess. in 10? One in 13 one people. Oh, 13. oh uh, that's weird. You may different. be walking on chimp-like feet without even knowing it, Rory. At least one in 13 of us have feet that are especially adapted for climbing trees. Uh, textbooks will say that human foot is rigid, which allows more efficient walking. Other apes, in contrast, have flexible feet, better suited to grasping branches as they move through trees. But the textbooks are wrong, say Jeremy De Silva and Simone Gale at Boston University. How many champs did that guy that spread AIDS fuck, man? <laughs> I mean, Thank this is you. crazy. Thank now. you. God. <laughs> you know, horseflies cure AIDS. You can get 10 bites. <laughs> Uh, the, the pair asked 400 adults to walk barefoot around the Boston Museum of Science while they filmed their feet. That's again. Well, I have asked people seem, to do that yeah. as well, and yeah. it never works. Yeah, it's so you have to you can... say you're a scientist. Mm. Yeah, you can't just go up to women in a cafe and say, "Oh, you can," but you're not going to. You get think this is yeah. someone with a foot fetish who signed yeah. up to like? Oh, I'll just set up some cameras here. Think, what if they hire 400 people? I'll well, be like I can they, jerk off to that for five years. Yeah, they they changed their major their senior year of college when they realized like that's a job. Like you, wait, you can right. study feet. Like you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, this study of four hundred people revealed that about eight percent of people have some midfoot flexibility, rather like that seen in tree dwelling apes. And in another soon to be published analysis, Robin Hugh Crompton at University of Liverpool found that a flexible midfoot maybe even more common than this initial study suggests. So what does a flexible foot look like? It bends at the ball of the foot and also halfway between the heel and the ball. All human feet have a joint at that point, but most of us have stiff ligaments there that span the joint and keep it rigid. But I think mine do that. I think I might have a monkey foot. Really? Everyone listening is trying that take right now. Actually, I'm trying. No, Matt, I'm let's see. Yeah. It, it bends at the middle. I'm taking my shoe off right now. I mean, how subtle is the bend, I wonder? Now, this sounds weird, but like, if there was one person at the table I could guess would have a monkey foot, it would be Matt. <laughs> like, I would just, I'm, I'm the least surprised by that. Um, Matt, Matt's hanging it? upside down the whole podcast. <laughs> right. We're like, well, he is hanging by his feet. Yeah. Right. He's 50 feet away <laughs> yeah. from us. Yeah. Matt's well, up in that tree. Yeah. Well, up in that I've tree. I've been flinging a lot of shit yeah. throughout yeah. this. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah, think I, I have know. that. Like, like, Let my, me see. I don't know. How, like, is that bent? Jesus, those are hairy. Wait a minute. Straighten it out. Straighten it out. Bend it again. No, you stop bending your ankle. That's You're able to go inward. Stop. There's no N-words on this podcast. Um... Uh, I don't, don't know say outward or inward. <laughs> um, I don't. I think you're just pointing and flexing. You're just you're just doing ballet, ankle. Matt. Yeah. That's just you're just, just a ballerina. I think you just wanted but to show off that you can pirouette. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
So I don't know if this is actually of any use to us. The, the, the photo that accompanying the article does have some pretty sexy people climbing trees, um, just shown from the knees down. Yeah, maybe I don't have a monkey foot. I don't know. This reminds me, uh, back in the earlier... So just one in 13 people are like natural hippies. There's natural born hippies. They're meant to be hippies. They're meant to be. See, I wonder about how many people can pick stuff up with their toes, because I've got pretty dex- dexterous toes. I can pick stuff can up with do, my toes. Do some impressive stuff with my toes. <laughs> That's what I've heard. <laughs> but um, this actually reminds me of a, uh, a thing a friend of mine in college and I used to do. We used to try to find... Try to find do you want to hear the end of the story? The creepiest... <laughs> before, like, the internet was inundated with, with like, creepy things everywhere. I guess there still were things, but we would try to find... Didn't it like, start because of creepy things? Yeah, I guess so. But, you know, before... Everybody's job was to find the most obscure thing on the internet. We try to we try to find things, email them back and forth to each other. Try to find uh, either like the creepiest or just most. This is the longest preamble slash explanation for the weird thing that you looked up. Right. No, I didn't look it up. There's my a friend, lot of disclaimers here. My friend found this. Uh, you didn't even find it. <laughs> it was, he sent it to me. Uh, it was a picture of Bryce Beckham from uh, Mr. Belvedere. He played Wesley, <laughs> it, doing like a like a glamour shot. Um, just like a, a headshot, but it's a full body shot. But he's just kicking it in jeans and no shoes, and it was like something that someone else had appropriated for their like foot fetishist website. <laughs> it was like this gallery. It's just Wesley from Mr. Belvedere with no shoes on, just kicking it, showing off his feet. How long do you think it would take you f- to find that exact picture right now? Bryce Beckham shoeless. Hold on. <laughs> this guy knows how to Google. <laughs> but then you turn your computer around, it's been your like uh, wallpaper, wallpaper the whole time. <laughs> well, since college, this has been the only wallpaper I've ever used. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Bryce Beckham. <laughs> Bryce Beckham. I Not only can I not find it, I can't even find pictures of Bryce Beckham. Oh, he, he saw this one picture and he cleared yeah. himself. Mm. He got off. He got off out of the net. So mm. this is the thing. The people doing this study, by the way, think that flexible feet might have been with us since the dawn of our species as a Wait, I found the picture. There's multiple. There's so many shoeless Bryce Beckham pictures. Oh, my God. That excites me. That genuinely excites me. He's wearing a tank top. He's got a wife beater and jeans and no shoes. What's a different background? This has to get posted somewhere. He's really young in that picture. I didn't realize this was like a kid. That's what was creepy about it. Yeah, that's why. This is child foot porn that you're looking up now. I didn't look it up. My friend found it. My, yeah, but you friend. looked it up just now, dude. Someone call the cops. <laughs> Man, oh my God. call the cops on Andy. I can't believe there's this many pictures. Of Bryce Beckham. Wait, look at this one. Oh, I'm, I will have to post. Okay, I know we always say we'll post things on our Tumblr, and we don't, but I'm posting all of these. All right. Okay. <laughs> skateboarding. So none of the science things that you consistently say no. we'll post, we no, will. No, no. But now our Tumblr's just going to be endless pictures of a child Bryce. actor from the, <laughs> the shoeless Bryce Beckham. Oh, my God. This is, this, the, this this is, is where Andy caves. <laughs> this All must right, be we'll a post this. common thing that people are... like. This, he must have been the, the object of lust for so many people. Wow. <laughs> Anyhow, you were saying, bending your feet. So, um... <laughs> Anyway, whatever science bullshit you were talking about. (laughs) Um, Other features were lost along the way. Chimpanzees, for example, have opposable toes for gripping. Uh, But there's a theory that flexible feet reduces our walking speed while making it easier for us to climb trees. Um, So that would be a trait that you'd start to lose as humans became more land-based and less tree-based. But now we have shoes. There's no longer a particular disadvantage or advantage to that bendiness it's just a trait that is neutral from an evolutionary point of view okay so it's making a comeback just because yeah 
So, if you guys could have, uh, okay, if you could choose between super flexible feet, okay, or flying, or, fl- <laughs> or invisibility, <laughs> or omnipotence, yeah, immortality, oh, bendy feet, or bendy feet. <laughs> well, I like trees. <laughs> you don't understand. You could fly up into the trees. No, so no, 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 no. I like, I like the work. <laughs> I feel the grip of the bark. You could live forever and just teach yourself to climb trees better. You could live forever and just take some trees. Over time, lessons. you could just learn. You could probably I think, like, I figure out how to <laughs> genetically modify a tree. <laughs> hmm. So yeah, I would uh, I would take this over. Um, okay, no. If you could if you could if you could have the bendy feet, but you would uh, top speed your running would but, would drop by like twenty percent. But you can climb trees pretty you well. Can climb trees really well. And you're saying take that over just how we are now? No, I'm saying you have a choice between having your straight feet or I give you the I give you the bendy, bendable feet, but then your top speed of walking and running decreases by, let's say, 20%. I just pictured, like, what if this is a legit conversation you have before you become a fetus? Like, you are, in, there is someone who's like, all right, so what do you want? You're like, uh, I guess I'll do bendy feet. Can I be good at music? <laughs> yeah, we're going to take two inches off your cock, though. Is that okay? Yeah. And I know I'm going to get, this is going to get frowned upon, yeah, but is like, it okay if I'm gay? <laughs> no, it'd be like, yeah, it'd be like playing World of Warcraft. Like, you get so many points, and you have to, like, assign them to different... Yeah. Being gay, we find out in the afterlife it is a choice, but you have to decide before you're born. No one remembers And they don't choosing. tell you which the world prefers. Yeah. Like, they're like, well, if you're gay, you're going to have to go through. It's going to be a rough life. It's like... Y'all get, being gay is cool. Well, then I'll choose that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He just marks down, okay, <laughs> 20, legitimately is a 25 charisma is how that gets marked. <laughs> right. Plus 25 charisma. <laughs> I want to be bad socially. Okay, uh, we can do that. I think I'd I think I'd think take the bendy feet. I could stand. I mean, I don't run anyways. Yeah, you don't need to run fast. I could drop 20%. Yeah. Yeah. A trick question. I, I just, does, does Michael Phelps have those bendy feet? He's got to, right? They've done all those studies on him. Oh, you know what? I he bet. is abnormal, right? Well, how his feet like they they <laughs> yeah. curve like over ninety degrees. That is a common thing in swimmer and really good swimmers is to have like I, th- I think it has more to do with like ankle flexibility. Sometimes their feet yes. can sort of go past like when they're, they're well, past pointed the, toes. You'd be a good swimmer. Those ankles were yeah. There used to be. You've I, seen I, the ankles on that guy? I knew some swimmers. Shown us, I, was like, I oh, do have swimmers' ankles. Yeah, I had a swimmer friend in, in high school who was like super jealous of. He wished he had a better swimmer's body, and he would like sleep with his uh, with his sheets tucked in really tight, and his feet like pulled down by the sheets in the hopes that while he's sleeping, it'll like bend his ankles more, make them more flipper like. That's it. I mean, that's, I think that's valid as a child. As like a six, seventeen year old, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it's ever. I still do that. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm thirty two, and I don't want to swim, and I still right. do that. Of all the like things that I did to my body when I was seventeen, that's I think the that's benign. the least harmless. Yeah. yeah, but yet unwilling to cut open a frog. God. I know. Get your priorities straight. I know, buddy. Andy, you swam your whole life, right? I swam. I actually I didn't really start doing it competitively till high school, but then high school and college, I did. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't think I have a very good kick. I think my feet aren't flexible enough. My kick was my weakest, weakest part of my swimming. So yeah. Sad. Yeah. I guess I would have taken the bendy feet if it would have helped with that. Yeah. But you said it was a trick question. Well, I was going to say I want the I want to run fast. Yeah. And now I cannot run you. Now that you did that, so. Yeah, but I can climb sorry. in a tree if you're some sort of okay predator. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> 
This podcast is just to set you up to be chased down to the death, the most dangerous game style. Yeah, I already style. failed mm. the, the rapid fire quiz. Now, isn't our natural state, <laughs> our natural state, like walking is kind of unnatural? Like, uh, like our natural gait is supposed to be like sort of hunched and running a bit. I, I, I do believe that, like, the heel running thing... I'm not a big advocate of the barefoot running thing because I think it's going to mess you up if you do it. If you keep running the same way you run with shoes on. And I bet shoes do make right. us favor our heels more than we're supposed to. Like, I don't doubt that we're supposed to be running on our toes. That makes more sense. But also, I, I think we are... Um, I mean, design's the wrong word, but I think we are bred for well, long-distance running. And there's, Well, there's definitely also bits of the body that are wrong for some for a vertical posture right like there are elements of the digestive system that would work better if we were constantly like hunched over if we were on all fours yeah that are like remnants of what we used to be wow Hmm. um wait but how but then why would it be bad but then you know scoliosis or whatever happens when you get old and you get hunched like is that good there's a difference between hunching and actually like having a straight straight back and being on all fours not oh, you mean th- being on all fours but with a straight back would, would be better for... Yeah, I was supposed to like hunched over. That's, that is better. Oh, I'm talking about hunching. You're talking about just being creepy looking. You're talking about like dangling your arms... Dangling, dangling your, your arms like your T-Rex wrists. arms and kind of like supposed to be like over and sort of... Like, you know when you, when you see someone like... Um, not like a normal jogger but like an old guy with a huge beard, like kind of a hippie jogger? They're always doing that. Really? Yeah, after you've seen them, like, if you've seen someone, everyone sort of jogs the same way after, like, you know, 15, after they hit, like, 15 miles. Or so. Like, when you see people finish a marathon, that's sort of, like, our most natural, you just fall back into that because you're, you know, you're exhausted. You Is this over. a real thing? This doesn't sound, I've never heard this. Everyone runs the same after a certain I'm distance? Not say, no, no, no. I'm not saying, that's not a scientific fact. Okay. I'm not saying everyone runs the same. I'm saying that. People have a million different weird running postures, but once you finally like break into how you're going to be doing it, the rest of the race or whatever, there there is a, like a there is there is like a best way to do it that most people will like fall into. Like if I'm running a long distance, I'll catch myself after a while. Like, am I defending my own weird limp wrist <laughs> run? Is that all I'm doing here? You just want to run funny and not be judged for it, which is fine. That's yeah, I want to I want to run funny. <laughs> And you know what? I, I want to run funny. I You're run campaigning funny. for yourself yeah. right now. Yeah. I want to run weird. We're all like, oh, I've watched marathons. I've never noticed what you're no, doing. I artic- I'm just, I'm just <laughs> no, sure, like, I articulated. I, I get what you're saying. No, I, but I, I was awful at articulating. I do understand what you're saying that you, after a certain point, 15 miles probably makes sense because you definitely are hitting a point of exhaustion for sure. But you naturally, your body starts to hunch forward. But that's probably just because you're. You're tired, well, you're but you're a, saying that's your body saying, "Well, if we're going to run, this, this is how we got to be." Well, you're hitting a point of exhaustion because, and a lot of it is, you know, has to do with how we live our lives now, like our lifestyles now. But 50, running 15 miles was like not a thing. That's like not a big. We're, we're we're like made for that. Like every year, they they literally have like man versus horse every year, and it's like a long distance run, and a man will win. Like we can outrun anything, just not in speed. But humans can run longer than any other animal. Hmm. Is that true? Yeah. We're like planes, you know, weird African Serengeti animals. Like, Let's do it, guys. Let's hit the road. Let's do it. Fuck this podcast. Carry on the way, Woodson. I'll be dead after half a mile. (laughs) 
I do like picturing you having a fight with like your coal mining father in a, like a seventies movie, like Senate Fever style. I'm not gonna run like you, old man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna run my way. I'm gonna run funny. Yeah, <laughs> there's like elbows up and down. <laughs> Everyone's like, it's so unnatural what he's doing. He's he's exhausting himself faster. <laughs> I just want to run funny. Yeah, Dad. you don't understand. You're actually good at sports. Like, why not run normal? That's a long text. Yeah. This yeah. is a long text. I was showing Andy um, what, I, what I thought we could pick for a last story, but Let's it's do it. fucking complicated. Well, uh, bear in know, mind, I, we also have, we have the, the guitar playing guy getting brain surgery if we need to, if we need to go there. Always, got a guitar always, always okay. a plan B. Um, but this is, this is a, yet another New Scientist article, which is our, my favorite go-to um, site for science stories. If you want to actually read the original stories without our stupid jokes tacked onto the end... Uh, do go to that <laughs> website and or subscribe to the paper magazine. But um, quantum thermometer could measure the coldest thing ever. Uh, this is a, it's an article about how hard it is to measure temperature when things are half a billionth of a degree above absolute zero. Uh, uh, what's known as uh, a Bose-Einstein condensate, or con- uh, which is millions of atoms that act as a single quantum object when cooled inside a magnetic trap. Um, it's colder than deep space uh deep space i think is generally like between a fraction and a couple of degrees above absolute zero okay uh, a couple of degrees kelvin or a couple of degrees degrees kelvin 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 right. is so kelvin so the kelvin scale is the one that science uses because it starts at absolute zero right. which is absolute zero is when things have no energy whatsoever which is okay. negative still, 273 celsius right. uh, so yes. i hit absolute zero around three every day <laughs> um, but the, 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 the degrees are actually the same Like the units are the same Celsius <laughs> oh, okay. or Kelvin Like the length, okay. the amount of a Celsius, degree Okay Yes yeah, so the difference And between, deep space is just above that? Yeah so deep space has a little bit of energy still And there's a little bit of temperature um, Whereas Actually I think even saying it has no energy oh, fuck, I, I'm confusing myself with this subject Because it's so long since I did physics And this is going to be one of these ones Where we're going to screw it up So please listeners mm-hmm. write in Uh but at absolute zero, things have no energy, no movement. These these objects uh, are half a billionth of a degree above that. Um, and at a scale of just a few atoms, you can't measure it using any traditional method. Right. Obviously, like, traditional thermometers are way out. Right. Um, what scientists can do is count the number of higher energy particles relative to lower energy ones. The more there are in a higher energy state, the higher the temperature. But this means releasing uh, a BEC, a Bose-Einstein condensate, from the magnetic trap, which makes it impossible to take the temperature mid-experiment. So you've got the problem of kind of going, the only way you can measure it normally is to let the thing out, see whether it's high or low energy, see how many are high and how many are low energy, and count that. Right. But that means experiment over. Uh, Sure. Now... How did, like... How do brains work? <laughs> <laughs> now, is is I mean, this is this is uh, it's probably a dumb question. It's going to sound all weird and conspiratorial, but like, can it, you run it funny in space? <laughs> would it be dangerous to hit absolute zero? Like, if we ever did as a human being? No, I just mean if if they did it in a lab, if they were able to recreate that in a lab, um, which is I understand they haven't done. I don't know if it's dangerous so much as not possible, but yeah. I don't know. Because I think to get something down to a low temperature, you have to usually use energy, like surround it by things that are an even lower temperature than it, or cause some kind of reaction that makes it lose. 
Like, yeah, I don't think it'd be possible. Right. Well, I don't believe it's possible. But does it again, even does it even exist? Or is that a hypothetical it? number? I mean, it, does it? Would it even exist anywhere? Would there always be a little bit of energy? Or then it's 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 non-existence. Good question, Jesse. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> Listeners, if you know if it's possible anywhere in the universe for there to be absolute zero, or if that is just the theoretical minimum, the point at which things are zero. Yeah. Is it possible to reach zero, or is that just something you can only approach? Right, because it seems to me in that in the that same way that things can't actually hit the speed of light, they can. Right, because it would be a cessation of all things movements. with mass. Yeah, well, light, to, to me that just it. seems like the definition of nothing. Yes. I mean, there might be some weird dark matter bullshit I don't know anything about where that could be the case but um, I just can't imagine I, I don't know I, can, I think it's safe to say we, we're getting out of anything approaching any of our expertise so forgive we are us way out of our expertise so, but um, someone we should know more about astrophysics like though that's like, that's like my favorite part of science well, and I don't know anything about physics. it this is a this is very very low. See, scale. I don't even know the definitions. Um, That's how little I know very, very about astrophysics scale stuff and very very low energy. Um, but uh, this is the problem. So this is the, this is the problem of how to actually measure it. Uh, now Fuentes, where is Fuentes? Uh, Yvette Fuentes at the University of Nottingham uh, in the UK has come up. Uh, she has come up uh, with a way to measure the temperature of a BEC without releasing it, without letting it out. Uh, they suggest trapping a few probe atoms using lasers rather than magnets and moving them through the BEC. Uh, here's where it gets more complicated again. Okay. These probes must be in a quantum superposition of two distinct energy states first, each of which gets modified by a different amount that depends on the temperature. The <laughs> I new mean, difference I don't between the states know. can be used to deduce the temperature. So it sends it through somehow in two different energy states. Roy just killed himself. <laughs> I'm, my brain just melted. Yeah, that is one of the effects. That's one of the problems of this. <laughs> it heats up your brain. <laughs> um, so it sends, it sends these two probe atoms through, which I guess is like on the quantum equivalent of shoving a thermometer in somewhere. Right. Uh, and it's... I don't know what a superposition of two distinct it, energy exactly. states is, so I don't know how but they get so, modified. So it's based, but it's based on how they modify. It's based on the reactions of them that they know the temperature. Yes, they get uh, they get modified by a different amount that depends on the temperature of the BEC, and the new difference between the two states can be used to deduce the temperature of the BEC, which remains in its trap. Um, and apparently, the quantum thermometer can be used to test whether black holes emit small amounts of radiation, which is predicted by quantum theory. Uh, you can't approach a real black hole, but the idea could be tested by measuring temperature changes in black hole analogs, which can be made in the lab using BECs. I hear they find that rude. <laughs> black hole analogs? <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. So they can make these artificial black holes in a lab, um, and they can send these two probe quantum at- atoms through and measure radiation changes and therefore test whether the theory that Hawking radiation, which is the radiation that's emitted by black holes, is real. Man, I am in over my head on this one. So yeah, am I. I, I mean, no imagine idea. where we'll be in a hundred years if we don't kill ourselves. <laughs> like, if this is happening today... Because if you, I'll if be you, around a hundred years because I didn't opt for my stupid bendy feet. I took the immortality. Well, well, when the floods come, <laughs> I'll be in a tree having a... <laughs> I guess a banana. <laughs> you were going to say, like, mint julep. I was something. like, yeah, maybe I'll get a coconut. <laughs> what kind of tree am I going to be in? Um, so we are... We I mean, are... imagine saying that sentence in the 80s. You would have been killed. <laughs> <laughs>
you used to live in the 80s there, Rory. To South Carolina. Oh, in the 80s, I lived in the 20s. So. <laughs> it was the 1280s you started. Yeah, about. I was one of yeah. the 1280s. They would have <laughs> called you a, a sorcerer. You would have been murdered. Probes, black holes. I know what you're saying. Listen, under Reagan? Those <laughs> yeah. Reagan witch trials or something. That was a, it was a dangerous period to be a thinker. You guys. I don't know. God, this really ground things to a halt. I think we should actually touch on the guy who played guitar with his brain open for just a second because it's kind of fun. Because that's yeah. a story we can all understand. <laughs> so, uh, actually, I'm not even sure there's an article, just a video on, on CNN, but um, dude is getting uh, brain surgery for his Parkinson's and he's a guitar player. So it was one of those brain surgeries where you stay conscious while they're doing it and to help map the parts of the brain not to mess with because he didn't want to lose his guitar playing ability. He's playing his guitar while his head's... The entire surgery. Well, at least part of it, the part they show on. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was like, I play the guitar, that's my thing. I saw the, I saw the video where he's like, and I'm a finger picker, so I need like, intricate movements. And all the way through his surgery, he's playing, he's playing his guitar to test to see if, like, if he's hitting bum nose. They're like, no, don't put the probe in that bit. <laughs> wow. Could they but make him horrible at guitar? <laughs> right. They're like, he's hoping they'll touch something that makes him naturally great at guitar. <laughs> right. Right. He's just playing "Wish You Were Here" over and over. Yeah, again. they're like, we this, get it. Yeah. Okay. You only yeah. know one song, <laughs> and you can't even sing it. Right. You can only play. You're one of those people. <laughs> it's just that the lead surgeon was a cute girl. And yeah. He just wanted to press her during there, the surgery. There, 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 there. <laughs> so. So you think he even includes the, you guys the throat clearing, <sighs> like as he's playing it. <laughs> Is that in the song? Does that happen? Yeah, it's in the recording. I love that kind of. <laughs> it, like that's what it's. Like. He's clearing his throat, but it sounds like just the worst phlegm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So it's like, well, he is about to sing really well. So, the, the, <laughs> but that is a thing they do quite like they, the guitar things are first, but it is quite a common thing that when they're operating on the brain, right. they will do local anesthetic and keep the person fully conscious and talk to them and get them to do certain tasks so that they can check and and they are like ah if they suddenly start slurring okay well not this bit yeah that's i mean i that wow. makes perfect sense like you'd have you'd almost have to do that yeah because really i guess know. the brain is you know it's too complicated to know like you know it's a, it's a an, blood I mean, vessel what you're is like it okay even... well that if the blood flows through we've done it right but a brain right. you're, sort of, ah, you're sort of tinkering with yeah oh not that bit not that bit okay it's like tune, it's more like tuning an instrument than yeah <laughs> wow <laughs> it's so the brain i mean god what is it seriously <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> will they ever even know like where will, where it is in the body? Like, will yeah, I'm that detached from it. <laughs> will we ever see one? Yeah. <laughs> will science ever discover the brain? Or will we just go on believing it's there? You know. When will we put man on the brain? <laughs> when will we finally <laughs> finally cut open a human and plant an American flag <laughs> in the brain? These are some things we're just gonna have to. It's like accept. one of those little sandwich flags. Yeah. <laughs> And the guy's like, that hurts. Oh, sorry. All right, so don't put the flag there. <laughs> well, uh, on that note, I think it's probably time to wrap things up. Uh, Rory, do you have any shows coming up? You want uh, to know how about? soon do you put this out? So probably about on Monday, the... What is Third? it? Third? It'll be coming out on this Monday, yeah. Uh, yeah, I the uh, 6th, 7th, and 8th, I'll be in Toronto at the Underground Cafe doing shows, I think, at 8 or 9 p.m., just one show a night. And uh, you can smoke pot in there, so it'll be pretty fun. Nice. <laughs> it'll be a pretty fun room. Just tons of pot smoke. 
So if you're a if you're a Canadian stoner, even if you don't, coasts, yeah, even if you don't smoke, you're gonna get high from the secondhand smoke. <laughs> what if you go? No one smokes. It would be weird. We're like, guys, why did we do this? Why did we put this together? <laughs> We're going to see Rory then, and your show's yeah. coming out on TBS. Uh, November. November. Yeah. Ground floor. Keep an eye out. So look out for that. Where, uh, where can they find you on, on Twitter? You're at Rory Scovel. At Rory Scovel and website RoryScovel.com for dates and That's info. S-C-O-V-E-L. And yes. So find Rory. Um, as always, any corrections, comments, clarifications, if you can explain that quantum story that we just didn't have a clue about, uh, or anything else, or any stuff that you think is cool for us to cover. Yeah, we really lost do. momentum with that puppy. That was, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that we was were, too much. Like even as I started, I was like, I am. Nah, I shouldn't have started this story <laughs> one bit. Like I don't know where. I am just showing my ignorance, and then everyone else is just following me down this blind yeah. alley of yeah. of factless. <laughs> that was too trouble. much. Uh, even the recap you just did sort of killed. Yeah, so killed the momentum <laughs> of the show again. Yeah. It's not on you. This is the fault of. It's, it's like the, the absolute zero physics. of yeah. the story came through. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what happens if you So hit, it is so possible. Zero. When you talk about this, you lose energy. Yeah. You get closer to zero whenever you talk about is it, getting closer to zero. Unfortunately, you can measure exactly how much energy you lost without doing anything yeah. clever. Right. Is yeah. it possible to hit the absolute zero of comedy? Because that definitely happened at some point in this podcast. I don't know, but let's ask... Uh, Doc from Back to the Future. Yeah, it's all you have to do. He's having strange sex. Strange sex. Marty! On that note, thank you for listening. Well, actually, Jesse, do you have anything coming up you want to plug? Not, man. We did just release an episode of Probably History, sure, which you would already, already have gotten if you subscribed yeah, to the feed. People, people yeah, people Please do it. subscribe it's to fine. the feed. Please also do make, uh, write nice comments on iTunes for us. Um, even if you've already done it, just write another one and be nice to us, and that helps other people find out about us. Spread the word. Tell your friends. Listen to us. Donate if you really if you feel like giving us money to help us run this thing. That's very kind mm-hmm. of you. And tune in next week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys.